Welcome to Twist and Talk, Episode 6. Today we're going to be talking about Starkiller from Doghouse. We've got it in the flower form, dab form, and we're also going to be doing a mix of their hash. We'll be pressing out some rosin, and also we have a special guest, Jam Mozart's in the house. You can check him out on Instagram at Moda Supremo. So welcome to the sesh. At a critical time when young people must make decisions that will shape their future, the people who become dependent upon marijuana are dependent on an escape that makes the unreal seem beautiful and the reality of life seem unnecessary. What up, Twisters? Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode six. Number six. Today we're going to be uh, doing some doghouse star killer in various forms today. We got the flower. We got the uh, dabs. We got, and we're going to do something kind of special. We're going to hook up some rosin with that, right, Monty? Yeah, we're going to do some uh, hand-pressed rosin. If you guys are familiar with the hair straightener style uh, technique, we're going to kind of run that through on an audio format. We already did a proof of concept to see if it does squish, and um, and Stark Killer's excellent quality. It's a pretty good squishing weed, so I think we'll get some decent dabs out of it. Um, yeah, yeah, excited for that. Heck yeah. It's going to be a good one. And then a little cherry on top. We got some of their classic hash. Doghouse does like the old school hash as well. Um, it's not strain specific. No, it's not. So it's not necessarily Star Killer, but it's at least from that company, and they grow really good weed across the board. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure if they just mix all their. I don't. I don't know if they even any of their process for their ice hash at all. Actually, is it ice hash? I thought it was just. just um, that was just like pressed hash. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just heat pressed keef. Do you think so? I think mm-hmm. so. But I'm not positive. Yeah, I, have I no idea. haven't talked to him. I don't know either. I have a little bit of that too, actually. It's super right tasty. On. Mm-hmm. I've only smoked it once, and it was with you. I'm excited mm-hmm. to smoke some more of it. Oh yeah, it it it, it smokes really well. Yep. I'm thinking um, about doing a blunt with that. This would be my first time actually doing the rosin press, hand 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 pressed it. I oh, never. Really? I've, I don't think I've ever. I've ever been. Never seen it in person. No, I've only heard about it. Oh, right oh, on. Awesome. Well, that'll be cool. We can introduce you as well as everyone else. Heck yeah. Doesn't know about it. That's one of the great things about this podcast is having the three of us be from different realms and different uh, ages and starting smoking weed at different times that, uh, you know, we've all been exposed to different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before we get in too much further, we do have a special guest in the house. We got Mr. Jam Mozart in the house. Jam hey. Mozart. Happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Yep. We got Jam over here from, uh, as we mentioned in the last last podcast, we, we pumped him up with the Moda.Supremo. Mm-hmm. You know, Team Serene. Team Serene. Yes, thank you guys. Yep, he's a graphics artist designer. Um, I don't want to leave anything out. I'll leave it up to you. What do you what is your lot in life according to <laughs> Jam? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's that's been the uh protocol for the past twenty years now. The cannabis movement's got me uh fired up and happy to be here today. Um started this this drift up to the Seattle front like twenty years ago literally uh and now we're in a whole new frontier up here in seattle right holding it down doing all kinds of things um yeah Yeah. the list is long (laughs) i don't know where to start oh man to be honest um do a lot of branding yeah a lot of a lot of cannabis branding you'll see all up and down the west coast and different stores different companies are using moda supreme team serene for their my my first one in the recreational realm was uh, hashtag out in Fremont. 
Yes. And we had the hashtag yep. party for a 420 party. And you, yes, the lit kit. Yep, the lit kit. You you pumped all that up. Yep, it, the 420 of, lit kit. Yep. The coin that was in there, You did it, was there a poker chip in it? I feel like... There was the grinder card. The grinder card. That's what I had in there. Yep. Just today, I, I saw a ha- it's a, a hashtag thing and looking for different stuff for this today's podcast for the rosin pressing. I, uh, oh, little technical difficulties here. There we go. We're back. Um, I found some of that, some of that swag from that party. And I was like, oh, how fitting for me to see this out of the blue. Wonderful. When I'm, I'm going to jam out with jam. Yes, that was that was right. You know, we were what two years into the legal market then, when yeah. we when we were doing the. Uh, I was I did a lot of marketing and and, and branding for hashtag um, for about three years. Did did a lot of stuff for them, and that was for their first anniversary. Is yeah. what we called it. Yeah, I remember. You know, their first year, and uh, that fun was a lot times. of fun. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. So. Uh, so you guys took a little look at me. I'm about to roll up a blunt. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Get that fronto uh, out. Yeah, doing that fronto blunt like usual. So are you on the uh, the aged paper still? This is uh, Havana primed. Back Havana to my primed. my standard mo. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Havana seed strain. Picked a little early before fully mature. I need to. I need to order some of those. I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm uh, gonna be placing an order. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be placing an order here pretty soon. I gotta buy some. I'm I'm, I'm about out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want to throw on throw in on that and help help with shipping, I'll totally totally do that. Yeah, I do definitely. Yeah, leaf only shout out. That's what I was gonna say. Do we want to let them know where we're getting these so they can hook it up? <laughs> I put yeah, them in the Instagram I mean, well. post whenever we we post about it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Mm-hmm. So it's leafonly.com. Is that what it is? Yep. yep. Nice, L-E-A-F. Nice. Game changer. O N L Y. Yeah. And uh, they they sell a lot of really nice leaf from all over the place. So some of the stuff they are getting from like locally in Connecticut. And then uh, other stuff like the Maduro wrapper that I, we were smoking last week. That one's actually sourced from uh, Mexico. I've had uh, nice. leaves that were sourced from Dominican um, and kind of all over. Uh, when you go on their website, because I know you guys. Ecuador. You guys are always uh, giving us good information about, like, you know, like the last one was was cured for three years, and you you always have good information. Is that coming from that website, or is that your own? I'd say they have a little synopsis of it. Yeah, definitely. They have a synopsis uh, that I actually did a lot more in depth reading. I go okay. a little a little beyond because I am interested in tobacco strains and kind of where it comes from. Um, just like cannabis, the different varieties of tobacco smoke completely different, uh, have different nicotine contents, uh, burn different rates. You know, and so finding like the ones that burn a little slower, but don't just try to go out constantly, um, and that taste right. You know, it's it's kind of tricky. Um, one of the bigger differences on these kind of wrappers is the qualities, uh, since they're aimed and tailored towards cigar rolling. There's different ones like we've talked about in the past, uh, wrapper quality versus filler and binder. Right. Um, a lot of the stuff that I'm rolling with is actually just. Um, it's, it's kind of just—it's uh, it, filler, technically. It's t- a lot of it's filler, yeah. The one I'm buying, even though it's it's pretty decent, there is some leaves you'll get that are full of holes, and you kind of is what it is. You're you're technically buying agriculture, so right. it's not a perfect product. You got about maybe ten percent loss when you get your shipment, mm-hmm. um, which is to be expected, though, just because you know you're you're getting it at a really discounted rate mm-hmm. um, compared to buying tobacco in most forms. That's what I was going to ask. So I'm buying the ones that are technically filler. They're probably a little bit cheaper than. So are the ones that are 
Well, I think it's this like one. Like wrapper is, quality? Because like, like the outside wrapper quality, are those for sale on the website too and more expensive? Yeah, they they're are. just a little more expensive. Like okay. for instance, I bought the, uh, the, my first order was the Connecticut Shade, um, 17 inch, I think, uh, leaf from them. Okay, so it says the size of them on there too, huh? Some of them, yeah. Especially when it comes to like the Connecticut Shade. They've got three different sizes. They've got a 15 inch... Um, like a 17 inch and then like a 22 inch or something like that. And that really just depends on, you know, where they're getting that from the plant. Okay. Um, cause like the closer to the center, the, obviously the bigger the leaves are cause they're fanning out over towards the sun. Got um, you. So do you have a preference? So, and shade has grown. Sorry. I know that we talk about the tip of the leaf being a little more potent than the base. So would you want a shorter leaf for more of that? that nicotine potency technically you want the you want a larger leaf the short leaves and stuff like that i can't remember what they're called i think they call the sand they're called sand leaves um but yeah they're exactly what they are they're just really short leaves they grew closer to the ground oh, okay um, they didn't necessarily get the the full nutrients as the bigger as the bigger gotcha. leaves that stretched out so bottom um, the shorter the leaves are more the bottom of the plant mm-hmm. style yeah. And then the shade grown, they grow it under, um, similar to like coffee, they grow it under uh, like cheesecloth or a sort of a right. net to kind of create some shade so the leaves tend to stay they, a little thinner. And they also have a bit more of a, like an ambery golden kind of color as opposed to like a more rich brown or like a, like a kind of like a more leathery kind of color. Um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It kind of looks like, like more like a, like a, I don't know, like kind of light suede, if anything. Yeah. So, um, it's funny because the Frontos have brought me around on spliffs, which mm. the only person I've known in years that smokes spliffs happens to be Jam. Yep. And just last time yep. we were talking about it, how it's opened me up more. And and earlier when I saw you rolling up that spliff, you just went outside and smoked it. I was like, oh, I think I'm down to hit that, actually. But you went outside <laughs> and smoked it like a cigarette. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Not knowing the, you know, the tobacco policies of in the house and yeah, stuff. Yeah, new but, house. Yep. But... um. It was my first time going. Oh, I wonder, wonder what kind of tobacco that is in the split. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just, mm-hmm. just it, it uh, has opened me up to the combination of tobacco and cannabis. Even though I was already open to it with blunts, it's just weird. Like the naturalness of the frontal leaves mm-hmm. has now made me appreciate the flavor of tobacco that mixed into my mixed joint. Into it, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's it's weird how. And even that, even when I smoked cigarettes. You know what I mean? I don't. Mm-hmm. I haven't smoked cigarettes in over three years now, and so to have you know to be a cigarette smoker and look down on spliffs and still smoke blunts just doesn't even make a bit of sense. There's some irony there. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, what was it? We smoked a spliff last episode, right? Yeah, yeah. no, and, mm-hmm. and and in my mind that isn't that isn't like a spliff, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's like it, <laughs> like back in the day when like if the blunt broke and we needed to patch it up with just a rolling paper we called it a bloint b-l-o-n-t <laughs> yep. you know mm-hmm. what i mean a bloint and so that's damn near the same thing but it was shitty ass swishers that are just you know not even good tobacco mm-hmm. and so when people would roll up a spliff with good tobacco i'd like Psh, man I, I like fire what are you talking about mm-hmm. when now i like appreciate it on a whole different level mm-hmm. so what kind of tobacco are you rolling with right now jam i normally will use american spirit yeah. yeah, yeah, just good natural. Stuff. The organic's a little stronger than the regular, right? But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not the best out there, but I know that it's it's clean. Mm-hmm. It's clean and it's it's good for mm-hmm. the price too, because right? I know American Spirit just isn't, you know, isn't crazy expensive. I don't know how it is yeah. in comparison to you know some tops or whatever bugle or whatever that people are rolling up these days. But I don't you know, know. bugler's really good. <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm not really, you know, okay, I can't really rate that I much. I don't know levels of rolling tobacco, you know. I'm breaking this hash down with my fingers. This stuff is really nice, really, really nice sticky hash. So good to see that again. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, it smells. It's like the old oh, school. Super good. Like old school, old school like kind of cooked, like cooked mm-hmm. trichome heads that are, yeah. It made me smile to see the, the color and the texture of, of the hash that was on yeah, deck I mean, today. As you, as you bust it down a little bit, it turns to just like blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really high quality. It's really nice. Matt's how, excuse me, I was just going to mention, we were sp- mentioning the spliff talk. That's the way the Europeans like to do their spliffs, is, right. is the hash and tobacco. Yeah, just straight up hash and tobacco, not mm-hmm. even any green. Yeah, mm-hmm. no green at all. Well, that yeah. sounds so like savory. It does. Sounds definitely like a robust like robust, flavor for sure. Yeah, like, just, I feel like that would be so good with like a I'm heavy s- duty Russian stout. I'm so much more open to it now. <laughs> like, like back in the day, I'd have been like hash and a cigarette. You're tripping. Just have me the hash, you know right? <laughs> I kind of feel that. With, I was thinking that as we were talking about um, tobacco compa- combinations with cannabis, is like a cannabis podcast. But the first thing we're excited to talk about is what kind of tobacco do you combine with your cannabis? <laughs> like, oh no, slippery slope here. True. What is the true? True uh-huh. meaning of this whole show, oh, man. Especially none of us smoke cigarettes. Mm-hmm. No. I I just quit last year. Yeah. Yep. You. How um, long has it been for you? Uh, I've, I quit. I. I think it's been like almost six months, five months say, for sure. Yeah. yeah I, I quit back in November. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Good job. That's that was ten years of smoking. That's that hard. Do you feel like you could have stopped smoking cigarettes as easy without the blunt wraps? Probably not. No, I think that I think that I think moving moving towards blunts as opposed to like to get my nicotine fixed that way as opposed to like quitting cold turkey or going to like a vape or something like that. I think that tapered me off because I'm not even enticed by a cigarette that much anymore. Right. Um, there's like a very rare times, but I would say more significantly if I'm stressed out, if I if I really want a cigarette or not. That was my biggest crush when I was smoking in general was probably stress. Stress. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, mine's pretty much alcohol. I feel it. Pretty much alcohol. I feel like they got some, they got some deal together. Like, hey, make sure that once they get three drinks in them, they need a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know exactly what you mean. Like, that's the other time I ever want, really want a cigarette too. But yeah, I've, I've learned, I've learned the self control about it. Wouldn't even know what I'm missing. But it, but you do kind of because you do get that buzz from the. Fronto, it's funny because you've never yeah. took a drag of a cigarette, right? I've dragged one, but okay. that's about the extent of it. Yeah, like maybe you've never twice in my life, I think cigarette. I've dragged a cigarette. Right, that's just so crazy. I think there's just something about like there's there's such a huge difference between smoking like the the, the tobacco flavor from that wrap as opposed oh, to yeah. the tobacco flavor in a cigarette. It just sounds like not even the same, not even close to being the same. I think that's one of the bigger reasons why I like because I hated the um, the secondhand nature of cigarettes. Like the smell on your fingers, the smell on your breath when you have when you wear clothes, yeah. um, the the habit of having to go outside and live in Washington and be in the cold and rain was not fun either. That was a big one. <laughs> I will say, I do love a good cigar though. I yeah yeah. I can only I can I I feel like that my experience with cigars is pretty pretty small though. Yeah. See, then I wonder if like I bought if I smoked or if I bought a pack of cigarettes that was like. Um, some natural, some like, or whatever. yeah, some like thirty dollar pack of cigarettes or whatever, oh, whatever yeah. it would equivalent to. That's some good high end tobacco, like what we're rolling these frontos of, or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? A straight tobacco, not just a blend of the bottoms, or like what Monty was talking about, where they buy the old cigarettes back and just blend in the old tobacco with the new tobacco. Yeah, the reclaim. You know, it's I'm funny just they call it the same thing. The reclaim. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I just wonder if if it would be it would turn into like a 
guilty pleasure or I would only have that cigarette after an awesome meal when I've been drinking, you know what I mean? When all those things hit that make me need a cigarette, I wouldn't feel as bad smoking this high-end cigarette that isn't full of the chemicals, it's a little more natural and mm-hmm. tastes a little bit better. But then again, I'd probably just rather roll a spliffer up a nice fronto. Right. Well, I still, I, I just like, I think there's something about the, the combination of flavors. Like, I think the combination right. of, like, even whenever I, like, every once in a while, I'd pack out, pack out the tip of my cig- like cigarette and, like, roll, like, either shove keef or weed inside there. And it would just make the rest of that cigarette so much better. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of what I mean, too, is if after eating and drinking, like, like when I'm walking home from the brewery, if, if that nice high quality cigarette would just enhance my evening as opposed to it being like, Oh fuck, I need a cigarette now. Right. You know, how you feel how like that, that connotation that cigarettes give you. That approach with alcohol I think is huge because there's terrible alcohols that'll make you feel like garbage. Like if you're drinking just some shitty malt liquor that's, you know, made Mm -hmm. of poor quality ingredients, or maybe you're drinking like, you know, like a really poor, yeah, yeah, poor quality uh, alcohol spirits in general. Like you're going to, you're going to kind of resonate the, that feeling throughout your whole body that at that point the next day compared to when you're like getting into like really classic spirits that you know there's people have invested a lot of time positive energy into and there's care taken i think that they kind of get you a higher vibration instead of absolutely absolutely yeah Yeah. that's true i think also like there's there's something to say like i think there's 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 an addiction factor with 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 well let's just say 99 (sighs) percent of the cigarettes out there like there's a there's more additives besides nicotine that's made to make you be addictive i right. i'm not a good source of that information for what those chemicals are but um yeah. i've only heard that's all i've only heard nothing but that kind of thing i do also think that like that being said like the flavors presented are also a little bit different like i like i haven't had those super high-end cigarettes i've had like uh like it's a black cigarellos and you have like clove cigarettes or cigarellos right. or something kind of like that those are always really kind of nice i would have to say that they don't have a a super um intoxicating or even like I don't know. It doesn't really make you feel like a piece of shit when you smoke that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So like, I can all, I, I I could totally agree with the fact that it's uh, it could, it might just enhance your experience for what you're already enjoying. Right. Damn, Nate's Nate's got the rosin dab in his hand. I'm gonna oh. do it. You said you 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 did a pre you did a pre press just to make sure that this star killer yeah. is gonna, gonna produce. We should do a little snapshot of that proof of concept dab there. Oh yeah, we should. Here, I got you. Yeah, Cam got the new phone. I got that Sten, that S10 from, you know, that, that company that creates bombs for your pocket. Sam Slung. Yeah. Sam Slung. So, uh, so hopefully I'm smoking on this quality. blunt now. This is super tasty. Starkiller is excellent. I love it. It's such a good strain. I got to, like, what are the parents are like, crazy, crazy parents. I know it's got Chemdog in it, Mazarai Sharif in there somewhere. Uh, rare Dankness. Yeah, that's got the Mazar I Sharif, which is Times a great, like Star Killer or something. What is it? Um, I think it's like. Well, we got phones. Yeah, it's, a, it's got a lot of chem in it. We got Jam looking it up. Oh, this rosin is so beautiful. Yeah, I can't wait to smoke it. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mazar I Sharif, but it's one of the really old school Afghani strains. And anytime it's bred into something, it tends to hit me so hard. Hmm. But yeah. This is excellent. And the Chemdog genetics. Chemdog yep. is just one of my favorite smokes every time. Mazar Blueberry OG, Rare Dankness number two. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's excellent. Oh, my. oh wow. The flavor. Holy I can, shit. I can only imagine. But I do. I used to press rosin for a living, so I got this on lock. Yep, it's not burnt tasting at all. 
So the trick to making a good dab of rosin will kind of go with you, but with uh, most um, of the hair straighteners, and that's what we're using is the regular hair straighteners, um, their lowest temp is way too high. You don't really want to be pressing much above 200. So what you want to do is turn it on, get it just above 200, and, and luckily uh, Cameron has a laser thermometer available. You can laser thermometer and just kind of wait till you see like that 220, you know, a little above two, and start doing your work. And make sure that the thing is off so you're not like getting any more temperatures. You can always turn it back on later if you need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked really simple when you were doing that. It looked really uh, like super Very easy. Didn't even, it, did, it didn't even take you very long. How much would you say that you pressed during that for that for that little test uh, little test dab? Maybe a point three to point four okay. gram. Okay. I don't mean to be holding on to this blunt so much, but I'm just, just kind of working into the uh, I'm working into the hash so I can get a flavor of it because it's just been star killer in tobacco so far. I know, man. Like we said, yeah. That's the, oh, go ahead, Cam. Austin, like we said, smoke it like it's your own, man. <laughs> that is good. Hash. Woo. I can taste it now. Oh, that first hit! It's it's right there on the tongue, that tip of the tongue. Yeah, I, I got it into the hash zone specifically because I wanted to see what that was about. I've had plenty Damn. of Star Killer. That is so good, though. This is very classic. It reminds me of um, when I was a young, you know, young man getting hash. We used to get hash back in the day it was this was the kind before the oil fad happened mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah that's all there was for concentrates we used to when the navy base first came to ever it was my first uh experience with it back in 94 ish or something like that all of a sudden navy base comes to town all of a sudden some shit from across the seas comes oh, in town mm-hmm. you know i got we got one chunk of it that had some gold on it, and supposedly that was the gold stamp that said 100% pure Afghani- oh, Afghanistan so cool. hash or whatever. And we had one piece because we were buying it by the quarter ounce. Okay. And one piece of it one time had a little bit of gold on it, and dude tried, tried to charge the extra. Oh, wow. Because the gold was on it. And we were like, like, no, we're not going to pay extra. You know, give us another one then. <laughs> yeah, He's like, all right, right, I'll give you regular price then. Okay, whatever. You know, it's funny. Is, uh, when I was first introduced to hash, it was by like my, my dealer. <laughs> Awesome dude. He had the best weed. <laughs> and he's he's one of those guys that uh, he kind of kidnap you, though. Like, you're not getting your weed until you've hung out here for like an hour or two because he didn't want the foot traffic coming in and going from his apartment. Right. Right. So, and I didn't mind. The guy was cool as fuck. I love kicking it. And he'd get you just lit and see how, if you see if you could keep up. And he'd start pulling out key from his grinder and like hashes that he's got and all the wicked stuff would start coming out if you hung out long enough. And he had like, he was one of the first kind of guy I would hang out with that had like a heady piece of glass or two where you take just this like bubbler, you know, that, or in, start loading crazy bulls but i remember him telling me he goes the thing about hash is it's stronger so what they do is when they when they press the the trikes and they fuse it all together with the heat they're making new compounds new compounds of thc that don't exist otherwise uh-huh. <laughs> and i'm like i'm like whoa what it's not he's some like, alchemy shit yeah and he's oh. like he's like what's happening you know you got the heat and the pressure and you're you're fusing it into these new things and, and you're making it into a different kind of a high and more stronger and all this stuff and like now that science and everything and like I've been in this industry for I've always thought about that when I think about old school hash and I try it and it's got that taste and it brings me back to hanging out with him and checking out hash for the first time and I'm thinking like maybe he's referring to like some decarboxylization that's happening mm-hmm. maybe you know, probably giving yes, you a heat. probably yeah yeah maybe a more oh, yeah. rounded high mm-hmm. but you're also releasing those butters and those oil oh, sorry butters the oils and the fats inside the the cannabis that are starting to kind of also create that uh just got that, that, that gummy hash. structure right so I'm sure that, you know, you're kind of going through and you're 
not are decarboxylating, but you're using the natural fats of the cannabis to do that with. Activating, mm-hmm. activating, activating certain yeah. cannabinoids coming together, merging and yeah. synthesizing a, a format, you know? Totally. Yeah, I like, think that there is something to it. It's just been weird for me to try to like put that <laughs> layman's anecdotal kind of funny story into any kind of scientific perspective when you got, you know, companies like Fairwinds coming at you talking about XX and X cannabinoids and, and terpenes, terpenes helping and for whatever element and this and that, making it whatever it is. Right. Dude. That shit kicked that dab into overdrive for me. I'm telling you right now, this blunt is Man. fire. That hash is kicking. And not mm-hmm. only that, but like the high on the Star Killer is so good. Activating. Yeah. I got a full hit of hash on that. My like third hit off that blunt. It just tasted straight like hash. That was my first one. That was just so good. <laughs> I think that's why it's running funny because there's a chunk on one side of it. Mm-hmm. Not not burning down. It's just melting. <laughs> the smoke's got a certain <laughs> texture to it, too. It does. Where, you know, thickens it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You can hear we're all coughing good from it. I'm trying not to cough as I talk. <laughs> <coughs> so, Jam, uh, what was your first uh, experience you can remember with cannabis smoking? Like, maybe not even smoking it. Just like, mm-hmm. did you grow up around it? Was it around the household? Were you, you know what I mean? Yeah, Was absolutely. Was it as a youngster to you, but still around you to where you were like, what, I'm just hanging out with villains now? What? What's going on? Well, my dad was 17 years old when I was conceived, and ah, yeah. he was a Frisbee-throwing, custom van-driving, uh, you know. Right. Boogie-down production. So there might have been a... Feather, feathered roach clips, you know. Right. Might have been a roach or two, a, a herb or two laying around sure. somewhere. That sure, I was a three-year-old things. little tyke on a... Eight ohm home speaker in the back of his van, rocking out to Led Zeppelin. You know, I smelt smelt cannabis early. You know, right? It was early in my stage. Um, <laughs> but one of the first prominent memories that I recall, where I I became connected to it and became it became somewhat of a I knew it was going to be in my in my world um, personally, and that was with my grandfather when he taught me how to sex a plant. Oh, wild! Yeah. In my first grow, so how, how old was you, with my how, grandfather how old actually were you at that? How, like, so I I would have been I mean, when, when he when he taught me how to criminalize people. When I learned what a male and female cannabis plant was, I couldn't have been 13, 12 or thirteen. Nice. I never partaked in smoking it though until probably sixteen, seventeen ish. That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I was in a car. That's still, I could move with my boys. Um, but yeah, yeah, because my, my grandfather he puffed. My mom never, never really. She didn't partake. It didn't really. She didn't handle it well. Right. You know, she we would knock her out. Um, she was. It was counterproductive for her. But both all all the males in my family coming up were all, you know, knew it as a medicine. They right. they, they they curbed their appetite for other uh, substances. Right. That's awesome. You know, and I seen I seen that as a remedy and. In my upbringing, and so that was one of the you know gr- growing with my grandfather really at, in his basement, you know, mm-hmm. was my first grow. Gotcha. But you know, and that yeah. was again that was before I even partaked. So there's not the so kind of like me. There's not a time in my life that I don't remember the smell of weed being yeah. somewhere. Maybe not in my home all the time, but you know, at certain times in my home, definitely when I was younger. But you know. Always, sometimes there was an uncle's house who you went to, or always, sometimes, so, always, sometimes. always, <laughs> I mean, always, yeah. 
<laughs> Always somewhere. You know, and that essence has changed throughout the years. You know, the, 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 the flavor profile of the skunk, okay? Like, right. I, it, it, there, there used to be a skunk in the trunk, let me tell you. Oh, big time. You know, there was, there yeah. was skunks out there. Um, you know, th- things have crossed over so many times that, you know, that skunk's out there. But back then, you know, those, what I'm getting, I guess what I'm trying to say is those, the essence of cannabis is the pr- smells, the profiles, you know, they take you back. And when you, when you do find a skunk out there, you know, it'll, it'll send Transport you back. You. Yeah. It'll send you right back to yeah. when you first <clears throat> were that's, around that. You that's know? what I was talking about with these guys. Like Monty's really, really good at smelling a weed and, and telling you what it smells like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I've never been very good at that. It transport me. It transport transports me to a, a time or a place, and so now I've been analyzing what I'm visualizing when I smell weed or taste weed, mm. and then going, oh okay, that is like earlier we smelled that rude boy, and I was like, oh this makes me smell like makes me feel like I'm sitting next to a lake, next to a girl that just put on some Hawaiian tropics lotion. Mm-hmm. So I'm smelling the funk from the lake, but then the fruit from the lotion. And so then I have to, then I understand what I'm smelling more when I start to really visualize what it's bringing to my memory. Right, there from you my go. Memory. Well, see, like, I, I guess I, I get some, I get similarities mm-hmm. to it. Like, I kind of get like, like, for instance, um, what's it? Uh, Rude Boy from Cloud9. That, that strain specifically uh, transport me to literally pulling, pouring a bowl <laughs> of Fruit Loops and I've only done this very, very small time, very small amount of times in my life. Or like, you know, like those kid packs, you crack open that little plastic, uh, little pack of cereal and you're about to pour some milk in and stuff like that. That's, that's the kind of smells that I get from, from those kinds of things. So just, it definitely reminds me of my childhood for sure. And like, and mainly specifically because I didn't have Fruit Loops a whole lot growing up as a kid. So it's like those times were kind of special. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. I feel like it was kind of a, kind of a regular cereal for me. I don't know if I've ever smelled. I've definitely smelled cereal <laughs> smells like fruity Fruit Loop smells mm-hmm. and weed, but I don't know if I've got that from Rude Boy. Well, it's like I, uh, it, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I grew up on Raisin Bran, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I think about cereal, I don't think about like my mom used to try to stock those frosted shredded wheats. I got those too. As no. if those frosted, I got those too. <laughs> that doesn't help. This oh thing my gosh, sucks still. That that was the, the that was the sugariest cereal I got. Oh I'm telling God. you right now, that was the that was that was the bee's knees. Oh, That's geez. probably part of the great thing growing up with a pothead in the family. Is there's surprise awesome you don't treats. have just like a boxes of boxes in your house, like yeah, I'd have a little debbies. If I was, yeah, I do remember the first time I went to a, a homie's house, and it wasn't even like a homie. It was just like I, moved, I was the first time I was in Cali. And we were at this apartment place, staying there for a minute, and. uh this neighbor kid, I was like goofing around outside riding bikes and stuff. He's like, you want to come over? I'm like, sure, I go over. He's like, you want a bowl of cereal? I'm like, word. He pours me a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That was holy <laughs> shit. I was already like, I was like six, just about six before I tried. I fucking broke my head. I like went to my mom like, you can fucking hold it out on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this shit. Whether you're going to decide what cereal I eat. I'm gonna walk down that aisle myself. I'm gonna put something in the cart. Upgrade. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, no, cinnamon control. Toast Crunch is the shit. Oh my yeah, yeah. god! Once I was like 17, 18, I realized that was a. Ser- no, I'm just joking. But. <laughs> <laughs> I remember having kids over at my house, like you, who I'd open up the the cupboard with all the cookies, and I mean, we'd had a, we had a snack cupboard for my stepdad, basically, and there'd be like seven boxes of cereal, all the good shit, all mm-hmm. the sugary ones mm-hmm. you get. He'd get, he'd go to like, 
it was Gay's Bakery or whatever, the, the bread store, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? The discount bread place. Yeah. And they got all the cheap cookies where it's like three packs for five bucks or whatever. And he would just mm-hmm. get like all the different kinds. And I remember opening it up when kids like you would be over. And we just, I just be like, yeah, let's go. Let's eat. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't have to ask. No, as long as we don't eat at all. <laughs> as long as I leave some for him, we're good. Yeah, dude. Those, that was the best ha- those, those are the best people's houses to go to, man. No. As um, long as there's two bowls of cereal left in that box when we're done, we can eat it. <laughs> I, had, I definitely had snacks in growing up. Like, I had like cheese snacks and stuff like that. What was it? Um, I don't know. Like the oatmeal the the what were they called little debbie oatmeal with the oh, cream yeah. cooked cream in the middle mm. yeah that stuff was like a regular nutty okay. bars that was that was a regular Star i definitely crunch. i definitely had snacks let me not let me not say that my childhood sucked okay. like that i just right. didn't have sugary cereals okay so like that was the okay. only thing i didn't have <laughs> yeah we and, had a whole shelf just for sugary cereal because <laughs> <laughs> he'd be high as shit right right so what's what's some of the lineage of the star killer we were just going over that. Um, like I said, it's got that Mazarash. Mazarash Sharif. That's right. That's, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Or blueberry OG. <laughs> I keep OG. saying it. Well, Rare so here's something that I've. I'm having a hard time even understanding the word you're saying. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love it. Uh, I think one thing that's lost on cannabis is the Afghanica uh, lineage, right? Because basically, we're all wound up on indica sativa and uh, hybrids. Right. For identifying what kind of highs and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's so generalized and it works because like it puts everything in a nice little box and it's really easy to talk to people when you're selling it. And so it's like you can't can't just go back on it now. But at the same time, uh cannabis sativa is the name for all of the weed we're smoking. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all so it's all sativa. Doesn't matter how <laughs> it makes you feel. That's <laughs> what it is. It's cannabis sativa. Like look in a science book, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Um and then you got you know, so indica, okay, well, then that's plants that, you know, come from farther away from the equator, and they've taken on certain traits. I wonder how many people even know that. Like, like sativas. Like, regional. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, in a nutshell, uh, sativas come from uh, places, uh, like, so original land races are strains that have been growing in a particular place on Earth for a long time, and they're considered a land race. Some of them have been cultivated, some of them just naturally grow. More often than not, cultivated by people, but it's been for millennia. Um, mm-hmm. So you have these land race strains, and the closer they grow or originate towards the equator, the taller and the longer they grow, and a lot of that's a tribute to the heat. So, to like as a as a species in general, uh, longer, you know, skinnier traits is going to be better for heat displacement and stuff like that when it's super hot. And then and you got also in in near the equator, you're in more of a jungle setting, so they need to be more vine like to cover more square footage to get as much light possible and as yeah, much reach and reach mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. possible for rain you know root, roots stretch as far as the branches do so right that gets you more rain rainwater, and sunlight and then you got um really thin serrated leaves because there's so much abundance of sun you don't need these giant you know solar panels to get your energy you can have these nice little thin leaves and just be totally fine um, and then it's going to be better because you got, you know, the, the wind that is available can pass through. Pass through it. Yeah. yeah. it. <clears throat> right. And then, and you got a Whereas equatorial you... summers are so long and, right. and bright and, and long days and, and very long seasons. So, it has, so like, it has the four to five months almost to get to, to get to full maturity before it's going to re- reproduce. Right. Uh, well, uh, yeah, a full, um, is it like cycle on a true sativa can take like 12 weeks 12 compared weeks. to a normal cycle on a plant's like eight weeks. Right, and so, so like that, that is like 
it's like for three months for 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 flowering where it's yeah, got a, flowering. a 12 12 mm-hmm. uh, light cycle and the 12 12 you know denominates it's closer to a fall setting so that it promotes the uh, flowering hormones to produce the buds that we're seeking but um and it, so i want to touch on that the stretching of the sativa and the longer flowering cycle is why we're starting to see some of the strains disappear that tend to be more um, sativa leaning in the rec market because it takes longer for them to flower. Mm-hmm. So you have more time, more flowering time in your flowering room equals less crops per year or over a five year period, which is what a lot of businesses are. You know, mm-hmm. you do a five year plan. So when you think, oh, I can crop out 50 times in the next five years or I can crop out 40 times in the next five years, you you start deciding strains on that also. Well, so you see some of these the strains disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also sativa yields are a little bit smaller because of the, the stretching of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and most of the things we think of as sativas now, I mean, considering real sativas, like they're, they're, the percentages are probably not at all in their favor as far as how much. Yeah, like a sour diesel, which we consider a sativa, probably isn't. Yeah, you know. yeah. Even like, I mean, unless it's a land race, you're not really dealing with a total hundred percent sativa. And if anything, mm-hmm. it's usually been bred out really hard with indicas. Just at some point in its lineage, to bring out the yields. Yeah, mm-hmm. to bring out the yields and to shorten the flowering time, probably. Yeah, um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, and then in contrast, you have plants that originate from areas that are a lot farther from the equator. Um, they're often growing you know, low to the ground. They need to stay squat short to stay warm. Uh, they don't have very long summers comparatively. Uh, so they flower a lot faster. Um, and then, you know, with, I, I don't know why the upbeat high comes from one and the, you know, the mellow high comes from the other. But one thing I've thought if, um, a mature uh, if if when cannabinoids mature, they turn into like CBN and more uh, lethargic effects. Even if you age right. cannabis mm-hmm. for a long time, it tends to get more lethargic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to think in a commercial setting or even, in, well, just in general, um, if your plant's used to going through its full flower cycle in a really short amount of time, potential, would, wouldn't it be that, and this is just a hypothesis of my own, but wouldn't it be that a, a plant that's used to flowering in a short amount of time could create those secondary cannabinoids a lot quicker than a plant that's used to just existing for a, a huge long time. So like, you, you know, if you are, it would take so long for that plant to go to its full mature cycle right. to start engaging some of these more lethargic cannabinoids mm-hmm. that happen in the late cycle. Yeah. And, and it's, it's hard enough to get a company to take a sativa to its full, like 10 weeks or nine weeks that it would need, let alone, yeah, and see, I was kind of thinking that. I was thinking that along those lines, I'm wondering if sometimes things that we think are sativa are giving us sativa effects because you're chopping it early. Because we're chopping it early, mm-hmm. creating more of the CBG and THCV. Sure. Yeah, in, I've constantly wondered that. Well, that so was then, well, even just recently the experience with like the Elon Muskie from uh, Lifted. I finally got to try that strain, um, and the oil smokes a lot heavier than the uh, than the flower. Lots of things can play into that effect. We're concentrating THC for just to start with one, but at the end of the day, it's like. I feel like that the flower could be a little bit heavier than it is, leaning more towards the wedding cake or something kind of like that. But um, the luxury line's been out for a while, and the Elon Muskie doesn't necessarily have the most, uh, I would say, appreciative thing that the luxury line started off with. Like, you know, I think that like I think that they did have a bit of, like, across the spectrum, their line was a bit um, 
appeared to be a more, I guess, maybe just grown better. And now maybe uh, speculation, of course, this is all just me, my speculation. Um, maybe they're just their demand is forcing them to crop early just slightly. And I don't know. It's just yeah, playing off that, that 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 the idea. One thing that, I would contemplate too, if you think about, uh, and this isn't always, but typically when you make oils, if you are making them with the spare parts of the plant, uh, thinking about the spare parts of the plant are typically going to be the outsides um, or you know the the, the farthest reaching surfaces mm-hmm. of the resin resonated areas. Those surface and and farthest reaching areas also have been growing the longest. Therefore, the cannabinoids that they're going to produce are going to be the most um, mature like, mature mm-hmm. uh, compared to the actual core bud. Um, so when you separate that and then do extraction on one compared to the other, comparing the highs, maybe that would have some effect. Sure. And then, like, yeah. It's just a shot in the dark. But Totally. No, like that, like that's, that's totally that's yeah, valid. Just un- unpacking <laughs> these ideas is kind of like, you know, I don't know how many, when that, when how we don't, much when, is this talked about anywhere in the industry and like are these thoughts of like what we're talking about of plants that should be flowering for literally three months when they're getting chopped down in two months, mm-hmm. you know, the effect on the cannabinoids now that we're realizing the testing of these cannabinoids and all this stuff, uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be really interesting when people are, I mean, it's always going to be for the money, but when gardens are going to actually take the 90 days to flower or something, oh, we're going to let this flower for a hundred days to see what the hell happens mm-hmm. to right. see, you know, mm-hmm. this plant that is truly coming from, that is genetically or whatever you want to call it, I don't know, coming from Ecuador, you know, and it should be flowering. And when I look at at the seasons of Ecuador, it is a hundred day summer, so mm-hmm. it should be flowering for that long. Sure, you know. Well, I'm even thinking that, like, for instance, well, I think the more the more information that the consumer has, and the more uh, depending on how that information seeps into the, seeps into their uh, what they want. The demand is going to force them to probably push towards something one one or the other. You know, the demand is already pushing the industry into high numbers, so therefore we're getting right. high numbers on the bags. Um, I would it, say with oil, uh, you could anecdotally say live resin versus you know just standard oil. That'd be a good example of a difference between yep. those you know more mature trichomes off the same plant compared to uh, something produced with a whole plant. Because mm-hmm. typically, when you got the live resin, they're just freezing the whole plant when it's mm-hmm. wet. Yeah. Um, and also capturing that early, you know, terpene profile, that greener, well, yeah, that yeah. early cannabinoid profile and terpene profile before it's cured. Yeah. Yeah, because that's going to make similar differences because they these cannabinoids keep maturing on and off the plant. Mm-hmm. And terpenes typically begin to break down and evaporate in different different living conditions and stuff like that. So going through that drying and curing process is going to affect that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anyways, we're getting back to um, some of the lineage stuff. The, uh, you know, sativas then come from near the equator and then the farther you get. But what's interesting is there's some kind of areas in between, right, that aren't necessarily, you know, it's it's like... <coughs> There's land race hybrids, basically in in layman's terms. There's right. there are plants that you know like there's a huge areas in India that have all kinds of different diverse climates. So same thing with like places in Afghanistan and some of these like notorious you know Pakistan. The other fact that I've heard that plays into it besides um, what is it longitude latitude which one is yeah. it yeah uh, uh, elevation yeah elevation elevation. elevation is the other fact yeah. that I've heard besides longitude okay. Hmm. So you talk about like how like how much like 
vertical, like horizontal space they can cover. No, 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 no. no. Longitude, as in uh, elevation from sea level. Elevation. From, mm-hmm. Okay. It also has an effect or on elevation. sativa. I think it's just elevation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Longitude and latitude is horizontal and vertical. Right. Horizontal. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like so in, the, in the foothills. So longitude meaning where in in reference to the equator. Right. So time of day. Mm-hmm. Versus elevation. altitude. Mm-hmm. Elevation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Both of those are like on a a scale, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For how much indica sativa traits are produced in that, right. that land area. That makes sense. Because I think things at the top of a hill would would grow way more like a sativa. You're closer to the sun. It's more well, more mountainous cold is growing more like an indica. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. so if you're near the <clears throat> equator, but up in the mountains where it's cold, oh yeah, there's a CO two as well. Like you, got, you yeah, know, you're getting oxi- yeah, the that's, oxygen. Yeah, oxygen CO two is yeah. different. You know, mm-hmm. as far as so the term, yeah, because yeah. then you're creating the different climate, like, like so a a mountainous, a mountainous zone, like like say in Hawaii where there is an Arctic area where the snow never goes away, a plant that is native to up there may have more indica feelings than a plant mm-hmm. that is from down near the beach, mm-hmm. just due to the altitude, even though it's the same um, strain, right? Genetics. Yeah, same yeah. genetics and even same, you know, area in terms of near the equator. Mm-hmm. Would they, you think they would still appear the same? Like, sorry, I mean, I would no, obviously I, say I would think the, the one up in the mountain would, would be like, yeah, I think the one up in the mountain I mean, would definitely be more of a squatty plant. Like what we're talking about needing right. to conserve its energy. But I guess in colors and stuff like that too, probably be different as well because like yeah, probably more purple. purple yeah. It's colder. Sounds like a, a research field project to Hawaii. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hawaii, go, go over there and yeah. just do some studying. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like we have to go hit the Hindu mountains. A couple and seasons. See what it do. Go talk to some monks. Mm-hmm. Not above it. Right. If anybody wants to sponsor a twist and talk trip to India to talk to some monks about some weed, we're mm. down. We will go talk to monks <laughs> about weed. Yep. Yep. So uh, it's been a week since the last podcast. Anybody do anything cool over the last weekend? Mm, put me mm. on the spot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I found out my legs are two different lengths. Oh, I got a yeah. yeah, a leg length inequality. It's a not a very uncommon thing, but it's like a 15 millimeter gap between my right and left leg, and therefore my hips are jacked up. My back has a curvature in it. Mm. Yeah, Yikes. makes it makes it makes walking around and moving around on concrete floors not very fun. But that's right. I'm, I, I got a I got a soul lift now, so you know there I got go. a, not I got you know not only am I happier, but <laughs> I, was just gonna say that. I got a soul lift this weekend, so I'm a better person. Yeah, right. Some balance. Um, and then yeah, my, I actually got my my foot up to the right height, so it doesn't necessarily uh, keep twerking on my. my so my you gotta hip. wear special shoes now? No, Oops. I just have to wear the special insole. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. I see. And so, like, I technically need to get better shoes wearing Vans, mm-hmm. and having this problem is not a good thing. Probably not to mention not that my best. feet are uh, super flat, and because of that, they the way that I hold my pressure on my feet is more inward. So, like, my feet curve inward as opposed to like pushing outwards on, on the on the heel on the uh, outskirts of my feet. So, like, you know how the normal foot shape is kind of kidney shaped, yeah. um, and on that kidney on that like broad kidney side of it is like that's where a lot of people hold their pressure i'm putting mine on the opposite side so it's going uh, on the it's folded on itself essentially it's not it's another not a non-common thing that it's just one of the things that uh not got some weed that'll help that probably dude you, you know, know what? as a bartender oh man oh man you know how uh, it goes yeah i don't know anything about weed they all come into the store like man i gotta I got this crazy thing going on. CBD helped that? Yeah, let me rub some on it. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing is when people come in and ask for CBD, I'm like, all right, you want to smoke it? Eat it or rub it on you. 
Like, what? Rubbing on me? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you just grind up the flowers. Just, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it feels kind of rough, but you know what you can do is you can mix it with some coconut oil and it'll make it, like do it in the shower, the scrub. Right. It'll scrub. Yeah, I sent some butter to my father in Colorado. He's He's a contractor and he uses his hands a lot and he's down on his hands and knees doing carpentry work and... I sent him some coconut oil and some cannabis from my last garden. And nice. He's scared to eat it, but because he, he says it knocks him out for a few, few too many hours longer than he wants to stay down. But he'll rub a little bit on his back and his knees, and he he'll hit me up randomly and let me know how what a miracle it is for him. I love how to have that infusing it into coconut oil makes it so versatile like that. Mm-hmm. It's really really cool. Yeah. It just such a, um, I don't know, such a bioavailable style of oil, isn't it? Just because the room temperature wise and the just. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I, I can only keep heard, it in the fridge. I heard even back in uh, World War II when the blood supplies were low for um, when the, when the, when the injured soldiers would come to Hawaii from fighting and the blood supplies were low, they would use coconut water. Mm-hmm. And mix it with the blood and to, uh, you know, to make up for it. That's crazy. That's a high sentence. That's a very high way of saying that. <laughs> Sorry about that. that yeah. You know, electrolyte, the electrolytes that are in the coconut oil. Yes. Or excuse me, water. Yep. Yeah. And there's something else about it too, but I, I've heard that as well. Yeah. It's really cool that it's that close. Mm-hmm. So we're getting some, uh, the rosin press going. Yeah. Mike's got <laughs> this, this rosin going in there. So I think I'm going to record the entire thing so we can post it long form. No breaks, no cuts. Are you recording the whole thing? Yep. There you go. Oh, sweet. See, I'm not paying attention over here. So right now I'm taking my weed and uh, giving it a pre, pre-squish, pre uh, like a form. If you're doing this in a professional setting, you have like a, a form you need to get the weed in because you want even pressure distributed through it. Um so, so you're just, like compressing it all down into one it all solid, down into one real solid nugget, yeah. And I use the I parchment see. to not, to not, you know, finger fuck it. There you go. Without being too layman. Um, so I got two pieces of weed here. Um, smaller tight weed like that, you end up getting more pressure on it than trying to do a big fluffy piece. Is you're really trying to extrude the resins from here. So think like you want the densest material possible so that. You can get the most pressure on that area and get the oils to come out. And you don't want to have to use too much heat because then you're going to fry out your terps. So I already have my uh, heat on for this thing, but it's been off now for a little bit. I'm still reading like 240, so I'm going to wait a little longer so it's not quite ready. Still kind of ruin it right now. I see that you got you're closing the the plates together. Are you trying to are you trying I'm just to get keep... a little more even heat on the surface areas? It's because the inside the heat's not distributed very evenly. So shout out to any females. I don't know how it much goes spend down on the, these. It goes down the center of it, but yeah, they're that was they're like not fifty bucks. Even. Okay, mm. mine was only like thirty. Yeah, something like that. I have really skinny paddles though. Yeah, I feel like you get more more pressure out of skinny paddles, but you get a bigger potential out of this yeah when i bought that it was for pressing a lot of we were trying to do a lot it was i've had that thing around for a little while since dad bro's days still at like 230 but i'm gonna start arming my other setup all right 
So you take those chunks of weed and you you put them in a little envelope of parchment paper, one at a time. You put one in there, right in the center, not in the crease. And then you take that hair straightener. Yeah, it might still be a little hot. A little bit hot still. So we had the hair straightener at the lowest temperature and then turned it off so that it can get even lower down to 200. It probably gets up to about 250, 270 at its lowest temperature, I think, when you leave it on. And I think that's why you probably do better rosin than me because I don't do this tech. I just had it at its lowest temp and was doing it like that. Going for it. Yeah, you'll yeah. you'll really cook the bud. You'll steam the rosin. It makes If you do it too hot, you're kind of turning it into reclaim. It's really hard to get it off the And I think uh, I was losing paper. some, like it was burning some of it up. All right. All right, now he's going to put all his body weight on it. Yeah, so first I start out with the softer push with the table uh, before I want to put everything with my foot. But, uh, yeah, make sure it's a sturdy table. Yep, because you're going to try to put a lot of weight on there. You're literally squeezing the cannabinoids out of the flower. It's really weird that uh, it works like this. And, man, I wish I would have known about this when I was younger. And so now he's going onto the ground. Stepping on it. He pushed it on the coffee table at first with his hand. Now he's going all the way to the ground. Full press, full Squishy pressure. Squish. What do you weigh, Monty? About 175? Yeah, something like that. Yep. Definitely definitely not as good as last time. No. I need to go a little longer. That was gonna be my next question is how long do you have to do this for? Um, as you see, he's doing it for about one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand, five, one thousand, six, one thousand, seven, one thousand, eight, one thousand, nine, one thousand. So, ten seconds ish. That's how long you stood on it there. Sometimes you can get a couple presses. Let's the first one's always here. the best. You gotta, you gotta whip it open so you don't get the weed onto the oil. A little bit. We got a dab there. How much? Uh, you got a scale cam? In this, in one of these drawers? Yeah, it's in there. It's in the other drawer. Oh, that the more full drawer. Yep. So then you want to go through with your uh, dabber and pull out any particulate. I don't see it. It's a CD case. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, incognito. <laughs> it worked. It worked. He Trust thought I listened to the Sonic Underground. See, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm just going so through. Now he's picking a all dabber there. and he's picking it all off. Well, that was just particulate. So any little oh. green bits or any kind of messy stuff, that's what I just picked off the first round. So the chunk that uh, he has there's about a little bit less than half a gram. It's about a point four that he's that he pressed out that he has uh, sitting here to press out. <clears throat> so you don't get the biggest yield from doing this. It's not like uh, some way to conserve your weed. It's definitely a connoisseur thing where you're going to be using probably more weed than you would hope to do this. I would say a lot of times people aren't. You know, if you're trying to save your money, if you don't got just some weed to squish, I don't know how many people are really doing this. And it needs to be like the best weed. The better the weed, the more you'll get 
And if you're not using good enough weed, you won't get anything. And then you just wasted your okay weed. So if your weed's okay, mm -hmm. just smoke it. If your weed is like ridiculous and you have a bunch, try this out because you're bored. Right. This is definitely a connoisseur level type thing. It's definitely invented by growers who had amounts of weed sitting around going, now what do we do? What can we do with it now? <laughs> Let's squeeze it with some heat. Yeah. I wonder how it happened. It was. It had to be like a happy accident. More out of that. I wonder, or actually, rosin is a real thing from yes. other plants. So I wonder if somebody just said, or I wonder if we can apply apply this method method of because like rosin for a bow or whatever is that that's just like waxes from a plant, right? Does anybody know anything about that? You know anything about rosin from a that goes on a bow, Cam? Nope. Yeah. I'm not familiar with I wish uh, I'm not a bow string. I'm not a bow instrument player. I'm not a bower. I'm not a boa. So take it to focus. Now is the actual tech from a dude named Rosin? Isn't the top, the the like the name Rosin is actually a dude's last name? I don't I, know. I, I, I have no idea. That'd be I think weird. We, I think that... we need to do the research on that so, because I think I'm I'm I might be onto something there because that's really weird. I it's believe like the guy it's who invented the toilet being named Crapper. Well, like honestly, like, unless, <laughs> yeah, unless, unless, or John. Here, let me let me look up. So I'm on, I'm on Rosin, Rosin Wikipedia. Here. Oh wow. Oh yeah, so it's it's from pine plants. It's yeah. So basically, yeah, exactly what I was saying. It's a solid form of resin obtained from pines and other plants, mostly conifers. Produced by heating fresh liquid resin to vaporize the volatile liquid terpene components. So they're Damn. fucking with terpenes and everything. They're on it. They're on it. They've yeah. been on it. <laughs> Whenever We're late to the game. They've been smoking, they smoking pine sap for years. It's just a goddamn <laughs> hair straightener and some ingenuity it's to figure it out. It's semi-transparent and varies in color from yellow to black. Yep. Yeah, it's been around forever. <laughs> Since plants were plants. Right? <laughs> Since plants were plants. Since yeah. before plants were plants. <laughs> but it goes back to what you, what you had mentioned, Nate. Like, who, who was the first to actually right. extract it from the cannabis plant, right? So, yeah. When was rosin invented mm -hmm. for a bow? For a bow? Yeah. For, like, a like shooting bow? No, for playing oh. instruments. Oh, wow. Yeah, because the, it's the same thing. So, so that's what I assume. If somebody took the same basic uh, process you would use to make rosin for a bow that's been around for years and applied it to weed to see what would happen is how I assume that, you know, rosin came about for can in the cannabis world. So we're kind of being quiet. We're all trying to figure this out over here now. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first day I saw rosin, um, like on the internet, it started popping off. And I went to the Rite Aid, like around the corner from the market, bought a hair straightener and went back to my booth and started trying to press it out, just see what the hell was going on. It was tricky. I didn't figure it out very well. But everybody's like, what are you doing? I tell people, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Man, everybody is deep in their own oh, thing. It's, it's from the medieval days. Oh, dude, yeah, there were archers way back when. Yeah, I don't know if they Robin Hood, bro. Come on. But no, I don't know. No, we're talking I'm just about. Joking. I'm just joking. It's not those. The history of, of Rosin Tech. <laughs> Wrong bow. It also is a Jewish surname. You know, but 
other stuff's cat gut. It's all good. Cat gut? Yeah, that's what they used to do, string up bows and other crap with. Right. The guts of cats? Yeah. Yeah. And then they and then they rub pine terpenes on it and You'd need to put something music. like that. <laughs> that's why it sounds like that. It's the oh, it's the, it's the oh. fucking howl of a thousand dead cats. Oh, <laughs> I, would say, I would say cats. the boat instruments are that way. That's horse hair. But <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're talking I'm talking about like like an like an archer's bow. Oh. Oh, you're talking about a whole different thing. I'm over here talking about Brie and you're talking about Gruyere. Oh, no. Damn. I know. I'm over here trying to take a picture of some rosin. Camembert. Yeah. All right. Who's going to dab this? You are. I'm going to dab this? Let's Smoke do it. that. All right. It's time. Yeah. So this is your first time smoking fresh rosin. Yeah, right dude. This was the... just, this was made in my living room. Right? Nice. All right. Allegedly, I don't know if we're BHO. producing. We didn't produce this. We're not producing cannabis stuff nope. in your living Never room. Never happened. No, I didn't do that. No? No. Lies. I didn't do anything anyway. The feds. That's the feds <laughs> knocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really exhale it through your nose so you could taste it, like, slowly. That's a nice hit. Yeah. That's, like, perfect size. Oh my gosh! It's like it there's nothing good. better than homemade, right? That's fantastic! Oh my <laughs> god, it's different, huh? Than oh like yeah, store bought rosin. No, it's not. It's not even close. Oh man, that's great! That's fantastic, right there. You guys want to get crazy? Pull out some wedding cake. Let me press you a wedding cake. Yeah, just, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I got shit, you. I got that you. Produces. Oh, Does it? Yeah, I want to see what this rude boy does. That stuff, I bet that would do it too, man. This is the wedding cake down here. The wedding cake is down there. So, what can you can you do anything with these chips? Cook with them. They've already been like kind of yeah, a little decarb. Decarb, not very mm-hmm. much actually. They did a bunch of tests on rosin. Doesn't decarb as much as they thought. I bet you could still maybe. Oh, that's that's the uh, no, yeah, not that one. A little further, not that one, not this one. That's a ten thirty one batch. No, we ain't squishing ten thirty one. This one? No, that's 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 not wedding cake. Uh, it is wedding cake. I'm just talking shit. Um, there's it's one deal. of those lifted jars in there. I think it's that one. Yeah, that's the one with the wedding cake in it. Three four. Yeah. That one I didn't. I felt like I had to. That one I felt like I had to dry that one out a little bit. Did you? They're rushing wet. it. I think they're rushing it, and that's that's not Damn. that gusher. That, oh, we got a gusher over here. Nice. Ooh, Ooh nice. Wow, that's loud. Oh yeah, I put a Belvita pack in there too, just to get that cured, just a little bit back up to a little bit moisture. Yeah. But I did dry it out. I just, just heard Belvita pack. Me too, the, <laughs> dude. I put some cheese in that wedding cake. I tell you Keep what. It good. <laughs> Best mac and cheese ever. Yeah. That smells like three times as loud as the last time I put oh, my yeah. nose under it. Yeah. Like it's it's gotten they They've stronger. honed it in for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yep. Lifted knows what they're doing with that wedding cake. That's why our first episode was about it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really legit. All right. Monty's getting this second round of yep. rosin pressed up for funky. him and Jam to get a little taste of it. Yep. It's good times, good times. So uh 
earlier we were speaking on testing and how how random that can be and and how we don't really rely on testing so just this last week washington state legislation has started i think the bill's already been crafted and they're starting to put it forward to um start really regulating testing facilities and putting some regulations on on how testing facilities practice which i'll be excited about to you know because they they blatantly said since legalization so many testing facilities have popped up that there's no way to get a standard standardized way to do it yet mm-hmm. so, until the, you know so that's what they're they're starting to put forward which i'm excited about that's good that's real good yeah because i mean you know when people try to when people try to rely all on thc numbers it's not you know there's no way to go no mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I think uh, ruins a lot of people's experience for cannabis because they're going off of uh, potency, and that's like, I think that the uh, that one that that simple fact, like, yeah, what's the what, do you have anything thirty percent? It's like thirty percent. Right. It's like, are you are you? Well, of course you're not going for an experience. You're going for something else, I guess. I don't know, but it's one of those things that um, if you're if you're going for experience and you're going for that thirty percent, I don't think I think you're gonna you're gonna miss it. I would say two thirds of the time there's there might be something out there for the, at 30 percent that's gonna that's gonna smack but i don't necessarily feel like that that's the way to go right that's the criteria to look for it in mm-hmm. it's like man look for good nice lush weed that has great crystal coverage and you know just mm-hmm. do you want to take a picture of this to show folks what we got from that nuggy wade yes so we got it was 0.4 nice man that looks so good Take a picture of this real quick here, man. One thing uh, yielded tip for people uh, when you're collecting the rosin, if you because it's really sticky, it can be hard to get off the parchment. If you do a rolling motion with your dabber to collect it, as opposed to a dapping motion, yeah, it tends to work much better. So you get just a real vigorous little left and right roll, and it tends to sweep it up a lot better. Mm. Good tip. Do that rolling motion with your hand again. Yeah, so yeah, you roll it like that. That'll be on the Instagram this week. We'll have the whole rosin tech posted up on our Instagram page coming up this week. Between Cam and Jay, I, we got it like all. Would you like to go all in on this guy? Happy uh, dab. That's a big one. That's a biggie. Uh, let's try it. Go for it. Let's, let's go ahead it. and let's go and do it. Thank We're you. We're here. We're here. We're here doing this. This is what this is what Twisting Talks all about. Getting a little bit higher than you thought you were gonna. Oh my god! I am always so high at the end of these podcasts. I love it. Oh yeah, that's what I wanted to say too, man. So for anybody who uh, last episode they noticed we did an intro, you know the the pre rolls they call it in the in the industry. You know Mm -hmm. we're starting to get fancy over here doing pre rolls and shit. But um, and we're not talking about weed, right? So in case you couldn't tell, I was a little bit buzzed up after that last one. So be prepared to hear some. The, the the intro is always going to be recorded at the end of the podcast when I'm loaded or whoever's recording it is loaded. So you'll you'll see the end results in the beginning. That'll I think that'll be fun. People are like, oh, let's see how he got to that point. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, jam's going hard over oh here. Oh my gosh, that would look that like was such a, lot. a fantastic it dab. Smells great. Oh, in look here. at him. He's so red in the face. He's, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And he's back up. From you? He's <laughs> you good? Yeah, I'm back up. There he is. Oh, man. That like looked like such a good Four hits dab. out of that bad boy. Minimal. 
Nice. <laughs> nice little sweat. Smells good. Smells yeah, it really good. does. Gave me a little headband. What you looking for, bro? Looking for that parchment paper. <coughs> Still swimming. It is. I found it. Cool. It's uh, another good tip. It's best to always use fresh parchment paper on this because uh, not only do you not want to push any of the silicone potentially into your product of, uh, after time, um, you also will get the oil to come <coughs> off of a fresh piece. So parchment paper's cheap. Just use a lot of it. Don't be shy. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you yeah. have you have what forty five square feet of parchment paper for like five bucks, for like five bucks. Yeah, and, and not only that, but for, if if you're going if you're going hair straightener tack, do you really need the the, the biggest sheet of parchment paper? You really don't. So, <coughs> so how big are those squares there that you're doing? Probably it's like it's like it's like four by five, maybe three, maybe like two by five, something like that. A little hamburger style. Yeah, good to go. Good to go without waste. Man, He's, that was tasty. Good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Still swimming. Oh, yeah. That dab sticks around Ooh. for a second. It was great, right? So good. Yeah. So I got some uh, good news on the cannabis news front. Uh bill was just passed in Washington State that allows parents to administer can- medical marijuana, medical cannabis to their kids at school. Okay. Whoa. So as long as it's low THC, you can't smoke it. So there can be THC in it, but it has to be low THC. Uh, so at your time that you need your dosage, you're pulled out of your class, you go to a private room, you ingest your THC in whatever form it is that you do it, and then you go back to class instead of having to leave school 100% as the law was before. Wow. Which is really, really cool. They're really stepping things up. That's so crazy. That you is, know? I that can't is, believe I'm hearing this stuff. Yeah. Just like the the way that the <coughs> open-minded nature of this whole beast is just really great. Did, did you say that the parents are able to administer? Only the parents? Like the yes. parents have to be there to do it. So it's like, I for mean, instance, like they couldn't have the school nurse do it. Right. Okay. And that's right now. And it's only going to, you know, become more wide open, obviously. It's, it it sounds like, I mean, if, if... And so, I mean, and if you're a parent who's to the point of... Stay at of, home. Of needing to administer medical cannabis to your to your child, they'll probably have something pretty severe. I don't think this is, you know, this isn't right. just for anxiety, you know, or anxiety or headaches or something. It's, you know, it's pretty severe anti-seizure type things is my assumption. And so my only, that's, you know. Yeah, my only fear about that is the convenience of, me, of the parents being able to do that in, in 2019 where everybody has a nine to five. Well, if you were and the, I mean, like a stay at home family that or stay at home like parent, that, that, would, that would perfectly work out. The alternative was you having to come pick up your child, bring them home, administer the cannabis, or bring them off school property, mm-hmm. administer the cannabis, and then bring them back. Yeah, that like so, I it, mean that's it's, the difference. It's because you already were going out of your way to do that. So like yeah, that's definitely more convenient in that yeah. in that in that front. Yeah, and that's kind of what I mean by if you if you are already in the routine of having to do this for your child and this is making it one step easier and that's fantastic yeah and this is all school related events too so if it's a you know a football game after school or a play or whatever it may be all of these things fall underneath that which is i thought that was really cool mm-hmm. and speaking on the open open-mindedness of it that back in in the uh, medical days when i worked at the market one time uh, i hope i didn't tell the story on here already i had a i had like a, a you know an a old lady come in with a walker 
and she was, you know, came up and she was like, are you allowed to come from behind the booth there? And I was like, sure. What do you need? You know, I thought she needed help with something. And I came around and I was, and she was, I was like, what do you need? What do you need? And she was like, oh, I just wanted to give you a hug. And I was yeah, sure. And I gave her a hug and she said, I just want to let you know that I don't have much time left on this planet. And the time I do have left is much more enjoyable and I'm living a much more comfortable life now. And it's because of the products you're bringing to this market. And I just wanted to give you a hug for that. And from that, and you know, it's a goosebumps, tear jerking, you know, mm -hmm. lump in the throat moment. And that's when I decided I was no longer going to hide or lie about what I did for a living at that point. Because that's when I had, I, that's all I did for a living. I'd quit all my other jobs and I was growing medical marijuana. And, you know, another good yield? Squid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, my gosh. She's a squirter. But, uh, so from that day on, I decided I wasn't ever going to hide what I was doing because I knew it was a good thing. Hmm. And the day that I did that so happened was a day that I had to postpone my son's parent-teacher conference so I could be at work that day. And... So then when I had the parent teacher conference a couple of days later, the teacher asked, so you had to, you had to reschedule the, the conference be, because of work. What, I don't even know what you do for a living. And I kind of sat there and looked at her, looked her right in her eyes and took a deep breath and was like, I sell medical marijuana for a living. And she was like, oh, that's awesome. My mom's a patient. Oh, so great. you know what so I mean. Cool. So like right then, it totally like in that like forty-eight to seventy-two hour period or whatever it was, it reversed my whole thought process on hiding this, on you know being open about it. And since then, it's been nothing but a positive experience in it. Of every single person who I would be hesitant to tell has nothing but positive feedback and positive energy coming back at me about it. When you're a really positive dude, I mean, you have a really positive energy. So I think that the more you embrace cannabis and wear it like a badge, the better name it puts it out there. And I think that's something that everybody should yeah. think about is that cannabis is pretty normal right. nowadays. And uh, it's it's only going to become more normal. And I think that so many people have been just scared to, you know, let anyone know because it's, uh, it's so, you know, I mean, villainized. And yeah, you're, you're going to go, it's criminal. Criminalized, yes, for for so long, and so maybe in your area it's it's changed, but sometimes it's hard to come around. And I think that the more professionals and the more just regular people that can be honest about their smoking, I think the better. And that goes with like talking to your doctor. You know, it's like if if every doctor knew that their healthy patients were like pretty avid cannabis smokers because they weren't afraid to say anything, all that's going to do is start putting more evidence in these doctors' pockets so that mm -hmm. they don't feel like they're doing a bad thing by, you know, telling an older right. patient or something like that, that, you know, it might benefit you to, to seek something out of the norm. I can't maybe write you a prescription because of the federal laws. I don't want to put myself in jeopardy in that sense. But off the record, you know, some right. CBD cream might really help your joint because fucking steroids have side effects or whatever. Right. Yeah, so also in the news this week... So Rite Aid is the latest pharmacy to sign on on uh, mm -hmm. allowing CBDs in the pharmacy. So that's a really big deal. And it was really cool because this week, an uh, actual pharmacist from, because it's only like 10 locations in Washington State are, are the, you know, the original, are the, uh, for the pilot program with the CBD stuff or whatever. And so one of the pharmacists from one of those stores came in just to try to get as much information about it as possible from us. And I thought that was I don't know if I want to say weird, but I thought that 
a pharmacist should maybe have better sources than just trying to go to the local weed store to yeah, learn about props. CBD. Well, I think, I think, I think, I think, I I like, I, I, I remember being there. Yeah. Um, I think that his interaction was, um, yeah, I like, I think that he himself didn't have a whole lot of information. Right. And I think that, yeah, he, while he, uh, could have just looked it up on the internet or something like that and just learned a little bit more before he walked in. True. Mm-hmm. I think that he was, yeah, I think he was just looking yeah. for some, he, he really was sourcing us for information, he but he, he was, was definitely sourcing us for information. And I feel like even more to the point of him having to independently do that, which I don't know, you know, what is, what information is going to be given to him by Rite Aid, you know, on a corporate level, once they really unroll this thing and unveil the whole thing. But, um, you know, I just, I thought it was really cool that he came to us, which, you know, gave me, you know, good feeling in me that, you know, mm-hmm. oh. We are Breaking credible through. sources to yeah. to a pharmacist on somewhere to learn about this. And by the time he left, he was he was a hundred percent ready to come back and learn more, which made me feel really really happy. Totally, yeah. I, and I also remember him uh, talking about going to. Um, he's talking about his dog, so he asked us if, he, if there was anything in our store that he could get to his dog. Yeah. Of course, I told him no. Um, there was nothing in our store that you can give to your dog. Everything in our store contains THC. Um, and it just. It, the just for like just off the record, I guess for the most part, your dog can digest a certain level of THC, but you have to do the you have to do the algorithm to figure that out based off body weight percentage and stuff like that, and fat percentages on on in the in your dog as well, and that information is not on this box the or or any boxes in our in our store for that for you. Oh, the algorithm for yeah. weight per for body weight. Yeah, there's gotcha. nothing like that. So, and not so, only that, but like it, Isn't the Fairwinds companion has very very low THC to where you don't have to worry about it. It's 2 milligrams. So like what for for a 2 milligram dose, I wouldn't imagine anything above It's 2 milligrams it, it, per anything, dose or in the whole bottle. Per dose. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's 10 milligram. It's uh I think it's yeah, it's two, it's twenty milligrams per per bottle, then okay. two milligrams per dose. Okay. Um, but it's one of the, so the problem with the Fairwinds product, and I say it's not a problem. Maybe it's just that, maybe it's just the way they decided to do it. But it's the speculation is that they, the logo is a actual nonprofit for uh, pet conservation and animal conservation and stuff like that. So the companion is just sporting the logo. Of this thing, it's bacon flavored, so it's loosely marketed. It's not marketed towards towards animals. Gotcha. It's, right. It's, it's the pro, for the, human consumption the, only. The proceeds to that product go to the 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 nonprofit or, the, or that pet, that, that animal conservation organization. Poor branding. Yeah. It's it, well. It's strategic branding. Safe branding. It's strategic yeah. branding, and it's also the the bacon flavor throws a lot of consumer speculation into that as well, mm-hmm. and. The information not being passed down to the consumer specifically, and the also misinformation of some representatives. I've heard I've had Fairwinds representatives straight up tell stores that they can get that. Yeah, give it to your dog. Oh, it's yeah. for your dog. That's and it's what, like yeah, it's, that's what I was told. And it's like no, it's not for your dog because your well, dog. Well, it's like it, as much as your dog can probably digest a certain. I, like again, it, I, I would I would say two milligrams per dose. Your it dog is for your dog in quotation marks allegedly. Allegedly, right. yeah, it's it, like it, it's it's just their marketing and stuff like that. Just and like it, coconut oil with THC, and it's a topical. Exactly, exactly, and um, it's one of those things that like I pointed him towards another store. Like hemp derived CBD, as much as it's kind of like un, it's still the THC content of hemp is still unregulated in a certain way. It's still on the surface level a non THC producing plant, and there are regulations that still prohibit that. They're just very loose i guess i don't know yeah. exactly how i've heard there, about it there's but, regulations but there's no like testing for it exactly mm-hmm. um 
So that being said, he went down there and he got the CBD for his dog and says his dog was doing really good on it. So that's 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 good. comforting at least, and you know helping helping local business too because that's another local business around here. Yeah, we have a parrot that we feed CBD to. Mm-hmm. She has seizures, falls oh, yeah. out falls out at night. Mm-hmm. She's got some strawberry flavored on deck. Nice. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah, CBD. Yeah, and you know we've got a German Shepherd too that we've given it to him for uh, joint shoulder problems. Uh, right. same, same bottle, not a lot, not a heavy dosage, but mm-hmm. I think I think it helped him <laughs> oh, along good. with some glucosamine. Right. Well, again, like you get like two milligrams of THC is probably good for a, a, an animal above 40, 35 about, pounds. Like, that's what I was going to ask if you knew any anything it, about that at it's, all. Well, it, I, it I all? don't. I don't know specifics or on anything, but it's just from my ex was a licensed veterinarian technician, so she. Oh, okay. Um, understood the differences and 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 what i guess an animal could handle as far as thc wise and that being i guess she i don't know monty got his rosin dab there it is can't wait to see what he says it tastes like we are waiting patiently Mm -hmm. (coughs) yeah yep yep there's the good. <laughs> There's the cop. Yep. No, that was the wedding cake, yeah. No, that was the no. star oh, killer. Oh, that's star killer that's too. Star killer. Yeah. <coughs> it's so good. Yeah. Super tasty. It's kind of grassy. Definitely has um, a green greener flavor. Yeah, green. Um green tea. Uh minty. Kind of hashy. It's really good. It's yeah. really strong. Yes, like that, like that yeah. matcha. That matcha. It's like green tea. Um, Fingers too. Yeah. That that that. Uh, what's it? Um, you know, like if you get like green tea mochi, but that that flavor that they use to get that is like some kind of tea powder thing called like matcha. I don't know. I'm not even seeing this right. <laughs> Am I saying it right? I think you're saying it right. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyways, it kind of has like that up front. That kind of has like a really just earthy, but yet sweet, complex flavor. I don't know. It's interesting. Definitely has the Star Killer kind of uh, like I feel like earthiness to it. So, are you? Uh, it looks like you're loading a bong. Yeah, I'm a little bong here. All right. See how this stuff tastes just straight out of a good bong. There you go. Especially after doing the the dab of the rosin, they usually do taste quite similar. I did do a BHO dab of this just a little while ago, and that was that was really nice. It was much I, w- I would say kind of a maybe a little more potent in a, in a way. Like def- I think I did also a bigger dab of BHO than I did of rosin, but flavors were uh, or I would say roughly similar. Didn't have that same kind of green kind of complexity to it. Right. But still the kind of like hashy sweetness of uh of like Star Killer. And I don't know. It's uh it was it was really good. Definitely kicked it up a notch. Yeah, I was happy to see that in my sample bag. I'm gonna try some of that after this bong hit too. Oh yeah. I'm going all I recommend the I recommend world. it. So Jam, when we got you here and just because I'm kinda interested, I haven't I mean if we talked and I can obviously see the uh the kind of stuff you're doing. Um, but as far as with the Mota Supremo, um, it looks like you're doing, uh, 
basic branding and then um hey, this ain't no basic shit though not not i don't mean basic branding, <laughs> but, like, no. but like but all your brand but like i mean basic as far as like yeah, across no, the board you I'm know what i mean climbing, like yeah. yeah it seems like a pretty Standard. wide variety of uh of the um you know different things in the in the cannabis community as far as uh you know packaging and and the like swag and all this stuff um and then it seems like even in dis- in store display in yeah in store display graphic design for for branding as far as that goes even further um so i guess kind of you want to elaborate on a little more of that or i guess what i'm kind of what i'm curious about is uh when um when you work for these companies and stuff like that do you uh how, like how do you go about creating such a wide array of things that all it's like you have i like it's after seeing your work you have a ton of different diversity like so much diversity in your stuff and then you're you're offering a, a whole like uh your portfolio so that people can kind of jump on and get get mm-hmm. a taste of like your you know what you bring to the table which is really dope and it's super kind of fine-tuned i love it um how do you make so how do you keep it so diverse at the same time? I mean, like that's like almost the the same thing as like a music producer does. It's like they've got a hundred songs that kind of sound like them. It's clearly mm-hmm. like got that, you know, jam Mozart vibe, which is super clean and like I love your aesthetic always, depend doesn't matter whether it's Serene or or the Mozart Supremo, but it's crazy to me. Like I don't know how you can branch into all these different brands and give them like I saw your one motif where you had like five brands on one wall and it was all you but they were all so different and it's like mm-hmm. that's like the the masterpiece of a good uh album is is you have the coherency but the diversity right it's just crazy like uh, it's so big what you're doing I guess well thank you yeah um well first and foremost like to to just reiterate what you just mentioned about throwing five brands on a wall and and you know being the being the master behind how that looks rather than it being five different programmers or five different designers coming together to build this wall well that the, there's a project that I just finished in uh, Humboldt for proper proper wellness center in Eureka um, and that was a 12 brand point of purchase display on a wall and a lot of those brands a few of those brands they're brand new a lot of them were brand new. Some of them were established is what I meant. And so they didn't really have a direction as to what they even wanted on the wall. So they just said, jam. You know, we've got this logo. And sometimes the logos even got a little cleaned up just to, so I could get a balance in with the imagery that I was going to be providing them. <clears throat> um, it's all seasonal for me. It's like uh, after you've done it so many times over, you know, you you get you get into this this almost groove where you 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 know you have premonition as to you almost go to for me I'll 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 ponder these these views and then you know run to run to the 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 drawing board if you will and just throw it all together and and see what sticks. It's kind of like cooking spaghetti, you know, if it sticks yeah. on the wall. You know, you know it's done. If it doesn't, well, then you got to tune that up. But um, I think what I get away with in what I do is just being committed to what I do, and just after over time, you you you, it's like second nature where I'm where I just you know I'm I'm proficient at it because I've just done it so much. 
Yeah, and 10,000 so, hours of spent work. There it is, yeah. you know, and it's a lot of, in, in, in the industry, they call it kerning, um, where, you know, clickety-clack, clickety-clack, clack, where you're just, you're moving things around and, um, you know, uh, I, I like to say it's, I'm drifting now, but I think a minority report when Tom Cruise is like, yeah, you know, moving, like, you know, moving things, moving things around, you know, to yeah. every um, new augmented reality. I'm just like, when is it? Yeah. When is it minority report? I know. It's waiting so close. Waiting. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I appreciate the look and being here and having this opportunity to share some of this because it's rare that I, I get to come out of my shell and, and, and share just some of the stuff. And maybe that's maybe because I'm confined and focused that sets separates me from like going out there and showboating one or two different styles, but rather sitting, sitting at home and, 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 you know, curating different styles, curating different styles and working with folks. A lot of times it's, you know, in my, in my personal wave, it's like endorse support provide, like that's my extrasensory perception. I like go in and like want to coerce and guide someone else's vision a lot of times these visions you know i adopt them and it's an adaptation it's like it's coming from me but it's it's a projection of these other people's values and these views that's part of the reason you're here 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 today is because you know we had a meeting before this podcast with you helping us Mm -hmm. get this thing a little bit more professionalized and a little bit you know right more legitimized next level yeah, yeah and that's yeah and that's what this is is us like you know, it's, it's, we're interviewing and it's an introspection. It's almost like looking into a crystal ball, if you will, you know, what is it going to look like? And it's coming from you guys. Like, and that's, that's, that's the chemistry. That's, that's, that's where the magic is for a lot of what I've got out there. That's, that's working for others. Is there some, it's, it's their magic, you know, it's just like, there's, there's, there's wizardry and having someone come in and, and and sh- and give you a view view of what share something they're passionate about and like look I got this passion here and I need you I need you to put the visual mm-hmm. to yeah. my passion like a conduit mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. you're you're the one yeah. who's gonna you know yeah that's, yeah that's a, cool a lot of companies and brands you know they 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 literally will have an aura where I can pull their colors you know right. they can some of them because some a lot of people won't they don't even know what that is what, what colors. You know, I don't know. You know, they're they're good at doing what they do. That's not what they're even. They've not even thought about that. Yeah. Right. You yeah, know, what colorway is your company's aura? <clears throat> Damn. Huh? You know, what? you know, that's yeah, the, yeah. Like, that's the kind of shit yeah, I want you know, to know. I feel it's like, like that's, how the fuck. I feel like that's that's like a sentence that I don't know how many people have even thought of before. What colorway is the aura of your company? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that. Yeah, Whether that you knew that's sticker. what you were looking at, you know what I mean? Sure. I do feel like that's like something that is brought in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that that is the v- visual we get. It helps it helps cut uh to the chase with like let's say revisions and stuff. If I can if I can nail a company, like if I if I can bring to the table something that you resonate with because it's it's just in your framework, you know, it's your it's your vibration. It's your frequency. That keeps me from having to go run back to the drawing board and you know re re recalculate what you know redo it all right. because you know it's it. And these are some of the things that I feel um, may or may not be you know inter inter intervened into other you know the way other designers might do their 
their projects and work with others. You know, they, they, everyone has their process, you know, right. Um, obviously, but, um, there's where I think a lot of my due process comes from is taking, take, paying attention to, you know, what is, what did Mozart say about, you know, the music is in the notes or the silence in the notes between the notes, you know, like, right. You know, um, creating that suspense. You know, and 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 so you got to play in that dark realm to see the light, and that you know, and that's what I, that's I try to I try to, you know, look at it as like ashes almost, and you know, from those ashes, there's a diamond in there somewhere. You know, you got to let it. There's a diamond in those ashes. You know, right? That's dope. super dope. Yeah, because like we're having, we're you're gonna help us out with like a logo and all that kind of stuff, and I feel like um, part of your inspiration is. Or I, I would say even the majority of inspiration is probably going to come from you being a part of this show right now, even mm-hmm. more than the you know what we were talking about before the show and the meeting and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to like like you somehow can bring the soul out into of this into the picture into mm-hmm. a, re, a a visual representation. Absolutely, I'd be honored to. Um, yeah. Knowing you guys. Uh, are leading leading us in the right direction. This is something that's healthy for uh, people in and outside the industry. Right. Um, let's let's talk about it. You know, yeah, exactly. Twist making, it up. Making having, having <clears throat> sessions a, a normal thing, like we were talking about mm-hmm. before this. You know, people mm-hmm. people don't just get together and smoke do because of the criminality of it. Right. When it was medical days, we could have weed parties, and it was great. Yeah. It's always right. been like counterculture. Yeah, and there's no reason it can't just yeah. the culture, right? Right, you know, and right? It, it's I don't know, it's somewhat regulated or, or you know, regulated, re, uh, re, oh no, re, I'm sorry, not regulated. Uh, what's it normalized, normalized, normalized. yeah, normalized in the sense yeah. of like regularized West Coast and you know, a lot Absolutely. of the, uh, Hollywood and stuff. Like, you, you have those movies like Grandma's Boy and you know, you name it where there's a session going on or like, yeah, I mean, shit, every episode of that 70s show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? True. And how fun right. was it when the camera was spinning around and spinning those around just, the, uh, the little bit of smoke behind yeah. them. And it was all insinuation, you know, mm-hmm. which was also the fun part to like, because like a seven-year-old could be watching that and just think these guys are acting goofy. But right. we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. That, that was always fun about that. That was mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really well done. And and that's, you know, that's really normalizing the session. I, I yeah. would like to bring that, you know, out as well as try to get people up to snuff on some of this stuff. Because like yes. yep. you're talking about, um, you know, them making algorithms to try to knock people's felonies off if they're cannabis felonies. Right. That's so huge. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I could imagine, like if we were talking to a huge fan base you know at that point and somebody that had never heard it just all of a sudden heard it and they could apply for a house or get exactly rent or fuck yeah. who knows or like it gives you me know. goosebumps to think about you know maybe in three years from now if this is big and people know about mm-hmm. it somebody goes back and listens to episode three and like oh shit i can i can go give me some shit yeah, oh right. hell yeah you know what i mean whatever mm-hmm. maybe yeah and who knows what it is by that time right i would love that man I would love. I would love if, if one person could go get food stamps just because they found that out from the podcast. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh and, yeah. You know. <laughs> and then too, I gotta say, yeah. if uh, if anybody has anything they'd like to uh, us to talk about, or kind of like from our experience, or answer questions and stuff like that, hit us up on the Instagram or whatever. We don't mind taking down some notes. I mean, you know, we can't answer every question if it's off the wall or something. But if you got a cool one, I'm definitely down. Right. Definitely. Okay, so now we got some Starkiller dabs from Doghouse. This is not rosin. No, it's not. Nate got a small sample, so there's not a ton to go around, but it's enough for everybody to get a little 
A little, a little taster. Chunk, yeah. Oh. A little comparative. Oh, Nate. Swoop. There it is. I like the way that rig hits. Yeah, it's got such a nice rumble to it. It's perfect. I was at the market one day, and this dude comes up. He's like, It's a little two holer. Yeah. Oh, it comes up. He good. goes, I got this rig you need to have. <laughs> it's like, what? He's like, yeah, I bought it for a decent deal on an auction. It's like this this dude's like, you know, first set of bongs or something like that. Instagram he comes through. He shows me. I'm like, it's pretty dope. I'll take it. It just rips. Yeah, it's a great little uh, travel rig. I think it's like Red Elvis on there. Definitely tasty. Tastes like the strain. Um, it's hit me in the eyes hella hard, but I just took that bong hit too. I took the rosin dab earlier. Oh man, the blunt did it. It's all. It's all real. Whew. Yep. Bitch. Oh, I think you're good. It was just the lid. Just the lid. I want to grab that oil though. It isn't like the danger zone. I don't see that fly. Cool. There we go. We dropping things. All right, uh, so if you're listening to New York City, I got some great news for you. You can now get a job without taking a piss test, bro. <laughs> you know what it is? Um, so New York City passed a bill banning all pre-employment THC testing. Okay. That's yeah. dope. 40% of jobs in New York City are 40% more. So 40% of the jobs in New York City require... <laughs> pre-employment testing so that that opens up a lot of jobs for a lot of people it sure does 40 percent of the jobs required it damn so there's a couple um a couple exemptions if you have a security (laughs) sensitive job of some sort so federal probably so anything anything state if you're a state employee or a federal employee it doesn't apply for you Mm -hmm. because that's state laws and federal laws and then if you have a, a city job that is security sensitive so even if i don't know if that means because i read a couple articles on it and one of them was stating even like um like if you work security at a city building or if you work in construction which you know work in heavy machinery then you would still have to take one Mm -hmm. but just for like working at walmart or whatever it's like what the hell yeah right (laughs) i'm just pushing cards come on Exactly. So that's pretty dope. They push carts to smoke weed. Right. I'm going to be high to work here. How am I going to not be high to work here? Damn. It's Jam's turn on that. That Starkiller oil is super fire. It is. I know. I've already gotten in on this stuff. Oh, you have? I'm ripping high. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. This is a successful session. Good. That's a warm cap. So you passing the mic? I'm passing it. I'm excited. uh, Oh, this is a bit sticky up there, but okay. It's all right. Anybody got any plans for 420? We were kind of complaining about the lack of industry parties nowadays because of the laws. I'm closing that store down. Yep. Cam's working from Come see me. Three I'm to close. The store. Yeah. Cushman's no, Linwood. I'm going to be working most of the day as well. Are you? You work until midnight or whatever it is? Probably so, yeah. Yep. I've got a Twist and Talk logo to start working on. I think. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Vibe nice, off the nice. day. I'll be working from like 11 to 8 or something like that. So the majority of my, you know day is taken up but i'll meet up some homies after that and session up meet up with angelo of lying inside and who knows who else 
my play might just to uh, get a really ridiculous uh, smoke sesh going on at 4.20 a.m. Right. 4.20. That's how you... That's what I was saying. Like, you know, just crash out. If if, uh, if Nate wanted to throw a party afterwards... I'm trying. We, we're just going to wait for the next one. So, like, you mean, like, Friday night slash Saturday morning, 4.20? No, like, four, like four, four nineteen really late. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. And I if guess. you're doing four nineteen properly, I don't know if y'all know, but uh, big ups to Bicycle Day. Bicycle yeah. Day, That's Bicycle F. Day. Is yeah. when you ride your bike to work day? I mean, if you're a savage. Uh, so the day, um, Alistair or Albert Hoffman was the first dude to synthesize LSD, LSD. LSD and try it. Right. Yeah, and he tried a decent dose for on the accident. First time. He spilled it on his hand, didn't he? I don't know how he got it. I think he spilled it on his hand and went home and was like, yeah. oops, I think the world is ending right now. That's the story. Yeah. I think it's but all done. In the meantime, he rode his bike home. Ah. And it was nuts as fuck. That would be great. Right? Have you ever done an acid bike ride? Uh, maybe, no. Maybe no? not. I don't I've know. Definitely done, I've definitely done an acid, acid walk, to, walk to Arco, though. So let's see. What was <laughs> our? I did a really good acid bike ride. So in Everett, there's a cemetery that has, so the some of the founders of Everett are the Rucker family. And so in the big cemetery in Everett, there's a thing called Rucker's Tomb. And it's about a, uh, it's about a two-story um, pyramid-shaped tomb that has the, I don't know, ashes of the origin family of Everett or whatever the hell it is. Wow. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. So Everett is, a, Everett's a city that was founded by nothing but investors like the rockefellers and all that shit like everett is named after one of the rockefeller's sons Mm -hmm. because of just they just were it's just all about lumber out here but anyways um oh shit i'm high oh yeah we (laughs) rode our bikes from like uh (laughs) shit we rode our bikes from like 15th street all the way up to like 75th just high as shit on acid, <laughs> going to all different Skirt. friends' house, went to my grandparents' house, high on acid, to get like $10 for shit to drink at the corner store. Yeah. <laughs> we were climbing up to the top of the um, the tomb, and I cut my hand on it just barely, and it felt like I could see blood like just coming from all the way up in my elbow. Watch oh, one no. piece of blood go from my elbow in my in, under my skin and then come out of the little cut on my hand. <laughs> one, I'm watching pieces of blood in my skin. It was fucking crazy. But yeah, it was a fun time. And we we tried to cross the freeway on our bikes at one point. Oh, no. And realized See, that we didn't know. <laughs> That's like, why you got to be we careful. Didn't realize, and then we didn't realize things. we were popping out at a fence that was taking us to the freeway. We thought we were ending up at a different spot over, over around the cemetery. But oh, then man. we realized it and we didn't go. But... One homie, he thought he was going to do it. And we were like, no, bro, those cars are going way faster than you think. And he thought he could do it. And then you know how there's like depth perception when you're high on acid? Yeah. Yeah. So there was this grass hill. Well, we thought it was a hill, but it was just a straight bank. Like it went straight up and down. We thought we could run across the street and push our bikes up it. The first dude ran smack into it like a <laughs> fucking wall. Just bam. You know where your bike goes up over end because you, your front tire stops. You know what I mean? And just face planted on, on this. It was luckily just a big grass hill, but just face planted on the hill. Oh, and we're man. all on acid. So it like, happened in like slow motion with super tracers and shit. Oh, man. It was, that was a good day. Nice, sunny, sunny day. You know what I mean? Just high as shit on acid. Went for like, that's probably like 
every 12 blocks is a mile. And we did a way big circle. It's not even <laughs> <being> straight. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, that was a fun time. So yeah, 419, bicycle day. 419, First take day. some acid and, and ride a bike. I don't know about that. Make sure you blaze one on 420. Yep. yep. Anybody got any uh, fun stuff anybody needs to do while they're high? Any any recommendations? I mean, that new Game of Thrones started. That shit was fire. Yep, I'm not even not over lie. that one. <laughs> oh, man. Am I the only one? Yeah, I missed the That's boat. wild. Like I said, I'm going to be uh, working. Yeah. Um. So come see me working. <laughs> I probably do one of those. You did that. You guys got thirty percent off on and what your thirty online orders. Yeah, thirty percent yeah. online orders. Yep. Jim yeah. might have to come in and get a zip. Yep. I'm telling everybody to take a trip back to the nineties. Go listen to old school gangster rap music. Okay. Yeah. Look up on YouTube like some Yep, Ghetto Boys is one I was gonna yeah. shout out and say yeah. look up some SIBO, some Celly Cell, yeah. some High C, high C. some Spice One. Spice One, yes. Go watch uh go watch the movie Juice. Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society, Paid in Full. Go do some of that. Uh, paid in Full is dope. Yeah, I, I've turned you on to that one. Yeah. That was a good movie, huh? Yeah. Yep, go watch that. Watch some. And then and then come and tell me, listen to some Snoop Dogg and then tell me why how, how I was supposed to avoid being the way I am if you saw all that when you were 14. <laughs> there you like, go. Yeah, well, that looks like really fun. Let's do all everything they're doing in those movies. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then then throw some Friday in there just to make it. Listen funny. to enough gangster rap, you will be riding your bike around on acid. Oh, yep, <laughs> just like oh me. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. So, how's everybody feeling after the the whole sesh here? Oh man, Star Killer, yeah. I am super ripped. Yeah, I'm nice and iry. Nice, yeah, yeah, nice. Definitely recommend this to everyone to go grab some Star Killer from Doghouse from your your nearest shop wherever you can. Cushman's always has it. Mm-hmm. Well, so, almost always, but yeah. Right. And thank you, Jam, for coming on, man. You're the best. For thank sure. you guys so much. It's nice nice to be here and kick in with you guys. Hit up uh, Moda.Supremo on Instagram. Where yes, else, Where please. else can they find you? Yeah, check out Moda Supremo, uh, M-O-T-A dot Supremo, not Supreme, Supreme O. And you will see, if you look into the link there, you'll find out my portfolio is there and there's a few pieces of art that you'll see that or you know some of the things i've done in the industry nice you know yeah, check it impressive. out see what it is you know i've there's a there's a laundry list of people that i don't need to name you just go check it out yep check out team serene you got cool artwork on there you just you know it's fun to see his stuff he has really cool drawings i love it i love it appreciate you guys thank you so the star killer doghouse episode six all right twisters have a good one, guys. Yeah. See you later. Until next time. Peace. Keep it twisted. Today's episode is brought to you by Cushman's Cannabis Purveyors. They have two locations. You can catch them at 15804 Highway 99 in Linwood or 11110 Muckleteal Speedway in Muckleteal. Come on down and get yourself some fire.